Psalm 24, verses 3 and 4. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false. This is a really penetrating question from the psalmist. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who's worthy, in other words, to enter into the temple? That's really what that's talking about. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord, the hill in Jerusalem with the temple on top? Who may stand in his holy place? Who can actually enter towards the holy of holies where the presence of Yahweh exists? Well, the answer is right here. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false. It's like God looks down from the temple mount. Is there anybody out there who's worthy to enter into my presence? Here's what it, here's what it requires. Clean hands, pure heart. Um, you can't lift up your soul to an idol or swear by what is false. And I just picture God kind of looking down the mountain, looking down the hill, looking for anyone, someone. Is there anyone out there who is perfect? Anyone out there who has this clean hands and pure heart? Anyone who's never had an idol enter into your thoughts? Anybody who's never sworn by what is, anyone who's never told a lie? Is there anyone? And he gazes and he gazes down the mountain. Who is worthy to ascend this mountain? And finally, God says, you know what? I'll come down the mountain. And he sends Jesus to descend. Jesus, who is perfect, who's the only person in history who can be described this way. Clean hands, pure heart, does not lift up in his soul, an idol, or swear by what is false. I've heard before that people describe all religions as many paths leading up the same mountain, getting up to the same place. I've heard people kind of pluralistically describe religions that way, but that's not really true because the truth of the gospel is not that any one of us can ascend the hill, but that Jesus came down for us. The authenticity and the authority of the New Testament um, comes right out of what you just said. I was going to say as a response to your addressing this passage was fast forward a thousand years Mm -hmm. fast forward okay so what is the condition of the world well it's exactly as you described it the world nobody can ascend that hill there is no way you can practice religious um practices of all all kinds which uh, the jewish leaders would do and the jewish people would do but it didn't really cleanse the heart it didn't really change anything what you need is a basically a radical change in the nature of your heart. It has to return to the heart of even a, uh, the, the heart that was made by God prior to Eden when he created the man and the woman. It's a heart, as described with David, a heart for God. Mm-hmm. But, but it's more than that because it's at the cross all of this comes together. Yep. It's at the cross where what really for all men and women uh that that nothing but eternal pump the you you can't get up to that hill with what they had they couldn't do it on their own they were they were incapacitated the devil really kind of ruled the world yeah uh so jesus comes and he does all the things you say, and then he's crucified by the very people that he came to save. 
And then the rest of the story in the New Testament is what happens after that. I can't help but um, remember I, uh, in uh, Luke 24, the road to Emmaus, they're despondent. The, the, the man they thought there was the, was going to be the Messiah has been killed. Hmm. And they're, they're alone. There are two of them. And then there's suddenly a third walking with them. And, and I, I think it goes like this. Weren't our hearts burning within us as he opened the scripture, mm-hmm. scriptures to us on the road to Emmaus? Uh, I like that so much. I memorized it in Latin, mm-hmm. which is uh, the language that I, I, I saw. And uh, weren't, you know, the, the despondence turns into joy. And, and what, what do they do? They have to tell. Hmm. This is actually yes. maybe one of the most important things a Christian can do in life. They feel compelled to tell. That's what you and I are doing right here. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, we have gone a far field uh, from this passage a little bit. But yeah. at the heart of what we're talking about is Jesus Christ and what he did and how real it is for everybody that has been born to this world subsequent to the crucifixion, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, because there, you are a person in waiting for a transformed heart, and that's really what we need. We need that heart transplant. Uh, we can, we can never scrub it clean enough on our own. You know, right. we need the imputation of Christ's righteousness.